I'm reading from Acts chapter 17, verses 16 to 33, in the NIV. Right, verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both the Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there, just like you in the marketplace, with those who happened to be there, a group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this Paul was preaching good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting with this guy, who I can't say his name, Aragopus, and where they said to him, may we know that this new teaching is, is what you're presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears. We would like to know what it all means. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to these latest ideas. Then Paul stood up in the meeting of Arim and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with an inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing that you worship. And this is what I want to say to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him... We live and we move and we have our being. As some of our own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offering, we should not think that the divine being is like silver, gold or stone, an image made with human hands, design or skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed and has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. And when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear this subject again. After that, Paul left the council. Good morning to everybody. Um... (laughs) Hilarious. Uh, yeah, and I was looking at the clock thinking, dear me, and I've got hours and hours to go yet. But no, really. But it will be slightly different. And believe it or not, the scripture that we, that Lynn kindly read for us, I won't go into the depth I was going into 
for that, for, for the Acts, Acts 17. I'll just mention it in brief, so it won't even come up on the overhead. Um, uh, and I'm going to, as, as Steve's kindly, already kindly mentioned, I'm going to speak uh, on ambassadors. It's mentioned three times in the Bible. One I looked at in the Old Testament, I think in Isaiah, and it didn't particularly fit anything, I didn't think, with my limited knowledge of uh, the word ambassador. Uh, but there's two scriptures that Paul mentions that I think are incredibly relevant. And the more I've thought about ambassadors, you get it, it, it's like a, is it a bee in your bonnet or whatever the saying is, you, you look into it in more depth, you notice things. And it's a really, really important kind of thing, ambassadorship. You don't get ambassadors for countries that aren't incredibly highly skilled people and sought after. So first of all, um, if we've got, yeah, ambassadors, I will flick to, if it works, this. What's an ambassador? The definition, the dictionary definition, as you can see up there, is an accredited diplomat sent by a state as a permanent representative in a foreign country or a representative or promoter of a specified activity. I want you to think, really think, just for a second, and ask yourself a question. Are you a citizen of the UK? And are you also a citizen of somewhere else? Which citizenship do you feel comfortable with? Ambassadors are sent to reconcile. That's their major, main job, is to reconcile. There's another a clip here, to, just to tell you, uh, about the job of an ambassador, what an ambassador should be. Wrong way. I just got this off the internet. Tim Cole, I think he's still the ambassador to Cuba, the British ambassador to Cuba. And this is what he said. I represent the British government in Cuba. This involves, among other things, helping British companies invest, ensuring the embassy provides an excellent consular service to British tourists and residents, trying to persuade the Cuban government to agree with us on burning international issues, celebrating British culture and working with the Cuban health authorities to send doctors to fight Ebola in Sierra Leone. Of course, I don't do all this myself. I've got a great team that works really hard, but I do try to meet as many Cubans as possible, either face-to-face or through social media, and tell them about the UK, what we stand for, and what we believe in, and what makes the UK special. Again, I want you to just think about that. What are those jobs? What, What does an ambassador do? It's um, food for thought. The Apostle Paul makes reference to us as ambassadors of Christ on a number of occasions. 2 Corinthians 5, 11, 21. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself 
through Christ. And God has not given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And we gave, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Also in Ephesians, in Ephesians 6.20, the Apostle Paul again says, I am in chains now still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him. Paul wants us to be, this is a job of an ambassador, all things to all men. Now that is actually in the Bible, but the, the, the translations, as Lynn would say, and I do sometimes confuse myself, I like lots of different translations, because sometimes you get a different meaning. You can understand something perhaps in a, in a more deeper way by reading a more meaning-driven translation rather than a hard, hard translation from the Hebrew and the Greek. In 1 Corinthians 9, 1 Corinthians 9, 22-23, again Paul says, When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, Doing everything I can to save some, I do everything to spread the good news and share the blessings. That, in a nutshell, is being all things to all men. It's something that we need to do. As I say, I'm not going to uh, show slides for this, but that scripture, if I can unravel it really quickly... um, Acts 17, 16 uh, to 33. If we look at the very beginnings of that scripture, it says, While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by the idols he saw everywhere in the city. Now, this is the point I want you to get hold of. And really, that's all that's important. All the, say if I'd took, taken weeks preparing this, and believe me, it's been harder than what, what it looks. It isn't easy, and I've never done a uh, PowerPoint before. But this is the point I want you to understand this morning. This is the scripture. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and God-fearing Gentiles. That's really important. And he spoke daily in the public square, who all who happened to be there. Paul was addressing two totally different crowds of people, two groups of people. One, he was speaking to churched people, to people who were familiar with the Hebrew scriptures and the texts, the prophets and the law. He didn't have to get a base of evidence or a base of knowledge for what he was trying to get over. They already knew that. Preaching to people who know about Jesus, about the Bible, about what Christmas means and Easter. Some people have no idea what what Easter's for. 
I've asked young people, 19 year old girl, she thought it was literally about eggs. And she said, is it something to do with Christmas as well? Like, is it like Christmas? And I thought, she's getting there, but how ignorant of the scriptures are we these days? And we can forget it in church. If we've been in church for a long time, we can actually forget that people out there are clueless, some people, to about what the scriptures say. So going back into what Paul was doing, he then... He was debating, oh sorry, he said he spoke daily in the public square. He was debating with the Epicureans and Stoics, the philosophers, different types of philosophical thought. And that's what the Athenians loved doing. Oh by the way, I've been to Athens and I was spent two years in Malta. So yeah, I got a bit fed up actually. I used to go visit St Paul's Bay regularly because it was the only sandy beach in Malta. If you've been to Malta, you'll know it's very, very rocky. Beautiful, but very rocky, very dry. And there's one sand beach that Paul landed on. Perhaps God just wanted to save his toes, although he got bitten by a snake. Um, So, uh, again, I want to just get that point over, and I really don't want... I could go on for this scripture for an hour, but I really want you to understand that. The difference is we are ambassadors... For God. We're sent out by the Heavenly Father to be ambassadors. And that's a pretty privileged thing to be able to do. And we're all ambassadors, by the way. Not when you feel like being one. Unfortunately, you're an ambassador. And we need to understand what we're going to tell the people we tell. Not only, and what brilliant when Roy said, I, I, I want that courage, I'm praying for more courage to speak to people. That courage can come from knowledge. An ambassador should be knowledgeable. He should act wise and he should reconcile people he's come to uh, to speak to. That's his job. That's the ambassador, her job, sorry. Keep on but old-fashioned, probably the translations are read, whatever. Um, keep on saying he, I'm meaning us. He, she, them. And that's what we need to do. We need to know what we're talking about. And the only way we'll know what we're talking about is reading the scriptures and understanding the scriptures. And we'll only understand the scriptures if we pray about the scriptures and we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to understand simply, not to be clever and show off, but to understand what the gospel message is. If we don't preach Christ crucified, then we're not doing our job. We're just not. It's half a gospel. We need to understand what God's sent us in the world to do. And that's, again, I want to just get over that. What's what Paul was saying uh, in to the Athenians. He was unpacking something that these men and women who are probably in the Areopagus, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, which is a place, not a person. It's the, it was a meeting place where the, the hobnobs, the diplomats, the lawyers, the, the people who counted in Greek society, they called it a democracy. Well, trust me, a democracy wasn't that democratic as we would understand it today. There were only powerful, rich men who would be part of that demos. Uh, and then they would have the plebs and the peasants and whatever. They just wouldn't count. Slaves, women, children, they just would not count. But in the Areopagus, he was trying to explain to these non 
Hebrew, non-Bible understanding men what it was all about. He's an ambassador sent from the heavenly city to an earthly city, which is where he was, and explain some spiritual truths. Right, if if this works. It's crucial that we recognise the primacy of the written word that God has given to us. Imagine an American ambassador to China trying to discern American policy. This is hilarious. Through quiet times of silence and meditation. So he's there. He's ambassador to China. There's bad things going on. And he's going, hmm, what should I say? I really don't know. Hmm, uh, what could I say to them, these Chinese fellas? So they, they agree with us. You would be appalled if that what was the, if that was the ambassador, the US ambassador to China was actually doing that. Listening to his feelings and then tell the Chinese government what he thought. That would not be a good ambassador. We're meant to go, he's meant to be instructed in the policies and the laws and the will of his president, of his people. Then you can tell them, the Chinese, he can explain and try and reconcile, try and get them around to that way of thinking. So it's, uh, it, it is amazing. Uh, yeah. That's, that, that's from a guy called Colin S. Smith, uh, out of a book called Telling the Truth. We need to know, as ambassadors, knowledge, wisdom, and character. We need to have those in us. That needs to be part of us, uh, uh, part of our armory as such. Now, the four laws, I've come across this quite a few times. This is genuine, this. If you googled the four spiritual laws, that's what you get. And basically, in a nutshell, again, to make things really simple, that's what we should be doing. God loves you. This is what we should be able to tell a country, a world, the world, the worldly people, what our king wants to tell them. And this is it. God loves you and offers a wonderful plan for your life. People don't know that. People are utterly and totally ignorant of the fact that that's what God wants them to know. This is a real um, hard one. The next one, man is sinful and separated from God. Therefore, he cannot know and experience God's love and plan for his life. That is so hard to tell somebody who does not engage in church is what they would call now, what we would call postmodern. Everything's relative. Everything's up for grabs. There's no absolute truth. There's no sin. There's no good. There's no bad. It's whatever you make it, whatever you think it is. But our job is to make it, is to simplify it, stick to our guns, not be too clever, not be too liberal and agree with things that aren't right that we know full well are wrong. Because God is our judge. We've got to go back as ambassadors and report to him. Now, I don't want to be saying, well, I thought I might be able to tell him this, Lord. You know, you just know that's not going to work. God loves us, but he won't, he won't brook fools easily. 
He will be kind to us. He has been kind to us. He will always love us and be kind to us. But trust me, there will be a day of judgment, it says, when we will have to account for what we've done, right and wrong. There will be an accounting. We don't like it sometimes. Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin. Through him, you can know and experience God's love and plan for your life. Again, this is what we need to tell. It's so simple, but this is what we need. Roy, this is what we need to tell people. This is what we need. If you're struggling, what can I tell people? Tell them that. You need Jesus. There are ways of telling people that, absolutely. You can't just come out with that. But you need to know that in your heart, that that is your burning. It may take you a year to tell one person that one sentence. But nevertheless, it's necessary. We can't always do it by being good and kind, although we should. Again, as ambassadors, if you turned up and you were mean, a liar, untrue, untrustworthy, with no integrity, scruffy, grumpy, who's going to listen to you? You would get sacked. If no government is going to send an ambassador for their country to another country like that, they want them well turned out, knowledgeable, kind, respectful, and knowing the language. That's one major thing. They'll send ambassadors to different countries. They've got to have some some knowledge of the language that they speak. And we need to know the language of the world if we need to speak to the world. It's no good coming out with thou shalt not sin and, and telling them the Ten Commandments. Because people just look at blank. And rightly so, they don't know. They don't get it. We need to do our homework as ambassadors and ask God what what he wants us to tell uh, the people, the inhabitants, the citizens of the world. We must individually receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord, then we can know and experience God love and, God's love and plan for our lives. Again, it's, it is, it, it boils down to the gospel message. Everything, I've really prayed about this yesterday and today. And I thought, Lord, I don't want, if I make a hash of everything, if I get it all back to front, all the slides are all mixed up, I want to be able to tell the people at church that my reason to be is to tell people that God loves them, that he is God, that Jesus is God, that he died for them. And he didn't die on a whim. It was planned from be- the, the, before time began for Jesus' crucifixion. God killed Jesus. Trust me. Nobody else did. Nobody else could. It was God's plan. God's eternal plan that his son should die. Because the sin of the world is so great, so massive, so deadly. Make cancer look like nothing. It is deadly, it's final, it's sin and it will kill you. And God does not want death. So he sent Jesus and he defeated death and the grave. Hallelujah. Now, I might have got it. That's the other. Right, just to to let you know, a good, there's a good um, ambassador and there's an appalling ambassador. I'll let you, if, if this clip works... Can you override that with your... Just just listen to this. 
I think if he was my ambassador and I was the boss, I was the president, he would be getting sacked before he got back to the States. It's appalling. And this is, he is an ambassador chosen by his government in the, to represent them in the UN. And he's coming out with that. This is again just how important it is. And we can be guilty of this if we're making up our gospel. If it isn't Jesus' gospel. All the gospels, when we read them, the four gospels, do you know it is according to? It's the gospel according to who wrote it. John, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And it's, they all fit perfectly. They're a different view, but it's the same gospel. Because what they're really saying is, yeah, Jesus is real. Jesus came. Jesus taught. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. And Jesus is in heaven. And we, and we can share his life. That's the gospel. Not fake news. And we can. We can wrongly give out the wrong signals. We can make a complete hash by not understanding the simplicity of what God wants us to do. It can be deep. It can be deep and interesting. But we need, we desperately need to, um, to preach the truth. There's a core of gospel truth that neither culture or context can alter. Again, I'll just reiterate what I've just said. That's it. We, we live in this world. We have to live in the culture that we're in. We can't remove ourselves uh, uh, from it. What was it? Uh, the, one of the um, choruses we sang mentioned it is that we're not chosen. We're set apart. Set apart. And we are, but we're still in this culture. We can't shirk off and get rid of the culture that we're in. It'd be impossible. But we're not of this world. We are, or should be, citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And that is so important that we we understand that deep in our core. And have that gospel core truth that... Contexts and culture can't erode, can't, can't take it away. Again, I don't think there's a, I think that may be the, yeah, the last slide. Uh, and I, t- I told you it was going to be a lot shorter than I would have liked it to have been, but, <laughs> but hallelujah. And it's what God wants to tell us, not, not what I want to do, not to look Slick or, or Paul says that I haven't come to you with fancy words. You know what he said? I've come to you with the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's all that matters. And in our faulting words, if our hearts are right, God will honour it by His Holy Spirit. Two Corinthians ten three to five. This is from the NLT. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. Wow. Powerful stuff, isn't it? Oh, this is what what, what the lives we should be living. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. 
We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Unbelievable. That's power. That's exciting. It is to me. And really, I I am... I used to be almost obsessed with international affairs and things like that of different countries. I love spies and things like that and the, the, the talks that they can have. These high powered men and women in different countries playing the game. They used to call it the game. Spying. It came from, uh, came from Rudyard Kipling, I think. Kim's game. It was all about spying. And the Brits are brilliant at it. But no, we should be diplomats. We should be top-end diplomats, because that's what we are. Diplomat, ambassador, pretty much the same. And a diplomat and an ambassador is a servant. We're in God's service. We're in his diplomatic corps. We're members of it. So I just want to encourage you to think more deeply Read that, read uh, Acts uh, 17 on your own and just look at the very beginning where he says he's in the synagogue. Then it's done, final. Doesn't need to go into that, doesn't need to explain anything. He's preaching to the to the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles so they know the score. But then it goes into quite depth what he has to say to the Athenians at the Areopagus because they were clueless. And the only thing he actually points out, he says, by the way, you know that unknown God? In your pantheon of gods, there's one there to the unknown God. It's him I'm talking about. You know he's there. People know God's there. People know God's real. Don't care what they say. I don't get the, the most clever, the Richard Dawkins, all these uh, Pinker or whatever he's called, all these very, very clever men who deny God. I think are lying to themselves. They know God. God's real. God's moral. God's alive. God's living. God is real. And they don't like the moral choices they've got to make once they agree to the, to, to the way of thinking that Paul is saying here. He's trying to persuade them to knock down their arguments. And we can. And life can be exciting. Trust me, I've done it. I've done it in the top club. I've done it in the black dog. I've witnessed in some crazy places that some Christians would think, well, it's not very godly with a pint in my hand. But I really, God's given me that ability to be able to do it because he's taken away the fear. And I'm sure that that fear isn't because I'm a particularly brave person. It's because I know what I'm talking about. In the sense of, I'm not going to try and be clever and argue creation theory and the age of the world and different things like that. But I know Jesus because he's my friend. He's my God, my saviour, my king, my prophet, my lover. He's everything. And I know him. And I can therefore talk about him. And, and one last bit of encouragement, testimonies. We need, I, I loved the testimonies in my old church and Sharon, there was testimonies every week. People were queuing to give their testimony. A lot were the original testimony of when they first became a Christian, how they became a Christian. I don't think I've heard anyone's testimony here, the how they became a Christian. I bet you've never heard mine. But, but it's there. We should be sharing our testimonies. And then we will be better ambassadors. I'm sorry to keep you. Um, one last thing, if, uh, and then I'll hand back to Steve, 
It's just a prayer. And I'm going to rob a bit of um, a prayer by John Piper, just, to, just the first few sen- sentences, really. And this is a prayer, so we're praying. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask for every, I ask for every, it says reader, every person that heard what I've just said, that you would confirm what is true in your word, in your book, and cancel out anything that I may have said that's false. I just ask that in the precious name of Jesus, that we'll accept your word from you, Lord. Amen.